You're currently tuned in to Credit, Dreams, and Everything in Between, hosted by your girl, Frances B. The Inspired by Frances B podcast is created to provide education and entertainment, but is in no way a substitution for you speaking with a licensed or accredited financial or credit consultant. broadcast we're going to talk a little bit about paying off debt now if you follow me um if you follow me on social media on instagram on facebook on twitter on now igtv (laughs) um, you know that talking about finances talking about credit and paying off debt and a lot of those things is just one of those things that's very passionate for me and the reason why that is is because I know personally, from a personal standpoint, how mentally draining it is when your credit and your finances is not only not intact, but it's keeping you from being able to do things in life. Like maybe at some point in your life, you lost your job or you got sick or you had a reduction in income or you lost a family member or a friend or you went through something in your life that caused your your finances to shift, which caused your credit to shift, which more than likely caused you to be in more debt. And if nobody else on this earth understands that perspective, it is definitely me. Because I have definitely gone through the ups and downs when it comes to finances and credit and paying off debt. And when I finally got to a point to where I felt like I had a handle on things um, and I really had a solid foundation, I really felt very like I felt like I was in a position to just be in a better place. Like I, I didn't stress as much. I wasn't so worried. Like, I just felt like I was adulting. (laughs) Like, I felt like I was really, like, in a really great place. And then for me, figuring it out and, like, having that aha moment and then saying, wait, like, what about my friends? What about my family? What about my, my siblings and everybody around me that I know that is struggling with the same things that I'm struggling with? How can I help them? Like, what can I do? Because I cannot even make a podcast long enough to tell you all of the things that I have learned over the years, not only about debt, but about credit and about the credit bureaus and the different laws and how they are used to trick consumers and put them in a huge disadvantaged situation. And I'm definitely going to do, you know, many podcasts dedicated talking about specifically credit issues and just a lot of hidden things that a lot of people really don't know and need to know about credit. My goal is to really create a platform that not only speaks to people that are suffering from these issues, but to actually make the topic of finances a conversational thing. Like right now, it's so taboo. It's like in a category with people that talk about sex and talk about um, religion and sexuality and 
talking about your money <laughs> should not really be a taboo topic. Like it should not really be something that people are embarrassed to talk about. And honestly, people that really are embarrassed to talk about it are those who are in a really bad situation. Like people that are financially secure and they have good credit and they have a handle on their debt. They know when they're going to be debt free. They have a debt free plan. They're not embarrassed about their situation. And people in those communities are already at a huge disadvantage because they already know what to do and what not to do. But take a person like myself, or maybe you, the person that's listening to this this podcast, that doesn't have anybody that they know that is, you know, doing okay financially. Like everybody around you is struggling. Everybody around you is living paycheck to paycheck. Everybody around you is suffering, you know, and living that, let me wait till my tax returns come to ball for like three months and be broke and more than likely get my car repossessed before Christmas. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I personally am over that life. Like I grew up, like I said, um, in a, you know, disadvantaged background. And I'm not saying it to put my family down or anything like that because they didn't know. Like my parents, they didn't know. You don't know. I didn't know before I really got into this. And y'all just don't know the great links that I had to go to to even like really educate myself on this because the resources and the information out there barely skims the surface and it is very limited very limited like I am literally training two more t- people on my team at my co- one of my companies one two three credit consultants and you can check it out on one two three credit consultants.com you can schedule a free consultation there and one of the things that I'm training them on um, is we have different levels of consultants like we have you know our credit consultants that can handle you know base issues and then we have our senior consultants and our senior consultants go into a little bit more of an intense training and they're the ones that actually does the um the credit disputes and they're also the ones that actually have to go into Um, a certain amount of time that they're with the company. They have to have a certain credit score. They have to go through my training, which is very intense, guys. Like my training is almost two months straight, like two months straight of studying. And like, y'all don't even know. (laughs) Like, I cannot even tell you how intense my training is. But when I tell you every single team member, because I don't like to call people employees. I feel like we're all a team. Every single team member not only finds, you know, the information helpful and educational, they are super empowered by it. Like they become the, the, the pillar of the community and start giving out information to their friends and their family and really setting the tone and helping me push my passion and my mission, which is let's make finances and credit more conversational and less taboo, you know, and everybody that works at my company has gone through my credit program. Their husband or wife has gone through my credit program. They've personally go through my program to get their credit restored and fixed. And like I said, they have to have a certain credit score to even, you know, apply for 
promotions and stuff like that because i mean does it make sense to let them talk to people about credit if their credit is jacked up but it's also a learning experience that i think you really cannot get from just reading a book you know and i really look to hire people who have those credit issues and that's going through that and has been in that hopeless situation and has been in that depressed state where it's like i don't know what to do I don't know where to turn. I don't know what resources I have. And then be able to use my program, use my service, use my information to not only master their credit, but master their debt and and, and be empowered. You know, I can't tell you how great it feels, not only for me, but everybody on my team always tells me the same thing. Like, Every time they talk to majority of our clients, they're always excited to hear great news or even not so great news, just knowing that they have a team that is working tirelessly, effortlessly on their behalf is amazing. So anyways, back to paying down debt because I got so off topic. (laughs) I told y'all I could talk about this all night long. I love talking about finances and credit because I just think it's one of those things that it's just not talked about. And if you don't talk about it, if there's no classes in high school, there's no classes in college, like how are people supposed to know? The big banks are keeping a lot of things secret because it's, it's beneficial for them for you to have bad credit. They can't make any money off you if everybody in America had excellent credit. I mean, let's be realistic here. It's a reason why some of this information is not disclosed and not out there. I mean, they give you general information. And I've even seen on some of the government websites, like, oh, don't do credit repair. Don't, don't this, this. And I'm like, that is just simply retarded. Why would you not want people to get the help that they need from a reputable legal service and really put themselves in a position to be able to win and it makes sense you know the banks ain't gonna make enough money the economy i mean i don't know i I could speculate about why i think there is not enough information out there on credit and finances and maybe somebody listening to this podcast can reach out to me and we can set up something that can change that but for right now I'm going to talk about credit, finances, debt. I'm going to make it more conversational. And I'm going to tell everybody in the world until I'm blue in the face. Because I feel like that is my primary mission from God. You know, and if you're not religious, I'm not trying to offend you. But, you know, that I feel like that's my mission. Like, that is what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to struggle. I was supposed to... Um, go through these financial issues. I was supposed to get my car repossessed. I was supposed to have 430 credit score. Like I was supposed to go through those things and pull myself out of it, but not only for myself, but for everybody around me. And then for everybody that's around them and everybody that's around them and everybody that's around the whole United States of America and the world, you know, and that's really how I look at it. And so when people you know, ask me questions like what what makes you want to do this or why are you doing this and what makes you interested in this? I get so worked up on doing this, y'all, that it doesn't even feel like work. I literally will work myself to like seven, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night and it won't even feel like work. Like it just feels like I've been just doing what I love to do. 
that's that's the truth. So tonight we're talking about debt, and I have one of the popular um, people, Dave Ramsey. I'm sure you guys have heard of Dave Ramsey's plan of paying off debt and becoming debt free. And I just want to give my perspective on that. And then I did an interview with um, a listener that volunteered to come on. That is a, I wouldn't say he is a Dave Ramsey advocate, but he has asked me several times about Dave Ramsey's plan. And he's also listened to a lot of Dave Ramsey's, um, you know, podcasts and stuff like that. So I wanted to shed a little bit of light on it. Um, I wanted to talk about his plan, but not necessarily to bring it up or bring it down or talk negative about it or positive about it. But I want to let people know um, a little bit about my perspective when it comes to the Dave Ramsey plan. So I am going to bring my first listener on and we are going to listen to our conversation and um, listen to it live. Hey guys, I'm interrupting your podcast listening experience because I want to give a quick and special shout out to our new supporters, Karen Gardner, Erica Aniston, Derek Paul, and Jessica R. Thank you so much for being a new VIP supporter. If you are not already a supporter and you would like to help make this show possible, tap the link in this episode's description or visit bit.ly forward slash inspired by Francis B. VIP to become a monthly supporter. Tell me a little bit about what you like about the Dave Ramsey plan and what kind of, what stands out to you the most? Like what really grabbed your attention about his plan? Well, first I would like to also thank you um, for all your help and um, helping me on my um, journey to become debt free and to realize that I can pretty much do anything I put my mind to. And um, you really had an instrumental um, part in that. Oh, so much. So thank you very much. Thank you. Um, So your question, to answer your question, Dave Ramsey put together, I read, I first started uh, noticing Dave Ramsey by somebody saying that he had, it was a good show that come on the radio and, um, and you should take a listen to it or whatnot. So I listened to it and I heard a couple of his, uh, his uh, sermons or whatnot. And uh, his basically was, it's just, you know, if you debt free and if you live like no one else right now, but by trying to become debt free and paying off all your bills and not having no debt later on, you can live like nobody else um, without having any debt and all your income to receive. Um, you know, it's you you pretty much living in living in freedom. You know what I'm saying? You're not the slave is is uh. I forgot how the saying go, but you're living in freedom. I understand that. But, um, I mean, so you was attracted to his plan basically because you wanted to become debt free and all of the money that you're working for at your job all the time, you want to have access to that money 24-7. You wanted to be able to say how you spent that money, right? Right, right, exactly, exactly. So, tell me the Dave Ramsey steps, you guys. This is, just for all my listeners, people that are listening, um, you know, I have a strategy that has worked for a lot of people, but we're just talking about Absolutely. different methods and different, you know, things. I'm always open to learning new things and, you know, learning new strategies and new financial gurus and different things like that. 
but I'm gonna share my opinion in a minute. But tell me what Dave Ramsey's steps are. Uh, he has like six steps, right? Yeah, uh, six six steps. Uh, let me see if I can get them right. I, but the uh, first step, I believe, is to uh, save up a thousand bucks. Okay. Um, just be aggressive and do whatever you can. Sell something. Um, something that you don't need in your house. Anything you can to work an extra job. Um, work overtime and try to save a thousand bucks. And okay. And that's step one. And okay. you put that in the savings and you don't touch that. And you only use that only in emergencies. Okay. Um, step, step two is uh, list your debts from smallest to largest. And the, and you start paying off on the smallest debt first, no matter what the interest rate is okay. on the debt. Okay. I like uh, that. Uh, step three is once you paid off all your um, um, all your debts, except for your mortgage, um, is to uh, I believe to start investing fifteen percent of your income into a retirement savings, if I'm not mistaken. Um, step four is to uh, save up five to six months of expenses. And step six is to, if you have children, to um, save for your children's college college fund. Uh, step seven is to pay off your mortgage early. Um, I believe that's the steps. Okay. So, from my understanding, from what I remember, okay, the steps are save, get $1,000, save it up, and then list all of your debts from um, highest to lowest and start paying them off regardless of the interest rate. Then step three is to save three to six months. Step four is to um, uh, three to six months and then contribute to what an IRA or savings or something like that. Yeah, like a savings account. 15% of your income going to an IRA or if you have a, with your job, a 401k, 15% going into a 401k. Okay. Okay. I like some of the things in Dave Ramsey's plan. Don't get me wrong. I understand the concept of listing all of your debts from smallest to largest and paying those off. That makes complete sense. Now, to a lot of people out there, um, listing your debts from smallest to largest regardless of interest rate may make them be like, why would I do that? Well, in his thinking and what I'm thinking that he's thinking, you know, this is just my perspective here. He's thinking that, if you get your smallest debts from the top and then you start, let's say you have a bill 500 and then another one, 700, another one, a thousand, another one, 1500, 5,000, 10,000, right? He's saying that you get the most instant gratification and the most motivation when you pay off a debt. So instead of you trying to pay off according to an interest rate, you pay it off according to how much it costs so that you can hurry up and pay it off and move on to the next debt. Mathematically, you know, when it comes to like how much interest is being added and and what's the best plan on the financial aspect, it probably doesn't add up right. But he was more than likely looking at it like if you work hard and pay off your first debt, you will feel an accomplishment and then a motivation to keep going to tackle the next one. So I think that's what his reasoning is with step two, right? But, Great, because if you um okay, because if, if you um if you 
pay off one bill, one debt, you know, that's one thing you don't have to worry about, even if it's probably the highest interest rate, but it's a small debt, so you can pay it off real quickly. So I think it's thinking is you will start seeing the wins one by one by one quicker than trying to pay off a higher debt and it takes longer time. And it's more motivational. Now, I, I like this plan. You know, I like the, the, the whole like small celebrations that between the big big goal of, of being debt free. Mind you, his, his definition of being debt free meaning that you pay off all of your bills except your house. Now, I, I, Dave Rands has been a while uh, around for a long time, and in my humble opinion, I think that he has a good, you know, ideal method of kind of what he wants to do. But I don't like his method simply because I feel like in two thousand and eighteen, two thousand eighteen, this is the year of the economy is still working its way back. We still have a very high unemployment rate. It still takes college graduates an average of six months to find a job. Um, if you lose your job, it takes an average of six to nine months to find another job. So I don't understand how he expects you to survive in today's economy. Again, this plan that he created has been, you know, rolled over for maybe 10 or so years. So the economy may have been different when he first came up with this plan. But what I'm saying is it does not make sense to only save $1,000 and then start shoveling all of your money outside of $1,000 into your debt. Because if you, listen, your average health insurance deductible for a household is $2,500. So if your son goes to soccer practice and, you know, gets his ankle twisted or, or his arm broken or your daughter is at ballet practice and, you know, something happens to her foot or whatever, God forbid, you know, you got to pay up to $2,500 in medical costs. Average car deductible is a is $1,000 if you get into a wreck, right? Most people that take out car insurance, average deductible is about 1500 So, huh? I say I know mine is a thousand dollars deductible. <laughs> exactly, and, and you got that high deductible because you didn't want to pay that monthly. <laughs> so, I just think that first of all, a thousand dollars is too low, and if you are serious about tackling debt and paying down debt and saving, I feel like you need to have stability. And with stability, you have to have a solid foundation, and hypothetically speaking life happens the reason why people have bad credit i talk to people all the time that have bad credit they have bad credit they lost their job they got sick somebody died they got divorced those are called insolvency issues many of the people who have bad credit are not because they don't pay their bills on time it's because people have gone through things in life that were unexpected 90 percent of the time because 35% of your credit score is based off your payment history. If people had bad credit because they didn't want to pay their bills on time, it, it doesn't mathematically make sense if your payment history only accounts for 35% of your score. So I really wish people would stop spreading that myth and that lie, okay? People have bad credit. People are in debt. People are suffering financially because of number one, the advice that they take, but number two, because they don't have their ass covered. <laughs> like, that's the best way I can say it. 
um, it's like I just named at least two things that you need more than a thousand dollars for that's unexpected. So what what are you supposed to do? Shelter all your kids in the house. Don't take them to no baseball practice, soccer, ballet classes. Don't take them to do anything. Don't drive your car because you might get in an accident. That's why they call it accidents, right? Because it didn't happen on purpose. And you got a thousand dollars to rely on. I just don't think that that's that makes a lot of sense. So I think that with his plan, he needs to eliminate step one altogether. A thousand dollars is chunk change. I know a lot of people who have expenses. Like I just named some unexpected things that happen in life. Let's talk about job loss. You lose your job. You it's going to take in this average in this economy six months to find a new job. That's on average. If you just graduated from college with that nice degree, it's going to take you six months to get out your mama house. You know, build your credit and do things you need to do to be a part of society. So I really truly do not believe a thousand dollars is enough. I think step one should be eliminated. I'm sorry, Dave Ramsey, if you happen to listen to this podcast. You know, um, but I I just don't like that plan. I think as a millennial, I think as someone who is, you know, coming up in this economy and things are different, I just don't agree. And I agree with that. A thousand dollars is is not enough, not in this day and age for, you know, because you can spend a thousand dollars can just come up quick, you know, refrigerator go out. It's a thousand dollars or more actually for replace a refrigerator or or uh or if you have like car trouble or tires, tires, four sets of tires now is more for some of these cars is about a thousand dollars. It's a it's all it's a lot of money for me. <laughs> I think I spent <laughs> yeah, like my, my car this suit it's it's it'll be a thousand dollars plus for yeah. my car it takes so so yeah, um, I just don't like that. And and I know that for the average, you know, the average person like yourself, you know, you work, you have, you know, stable income, you have a great career. You're not sitting around really thinking is Dave Ramsey's plan makes sense, but it seems to be the most hyped up, most talked about financial strategy of paying off debt. And nobody is really providing an alternative or a different perspective. So that's definitely my point with this broadcast. I'm not trying to, um, down talk you know his plan or anything i'm just saying that it's outdated it's old and a new strategy needs to be put in place because it's different now you know um so step one i don't like step two i would definitely say um paying down debt is a little premature with not having enough money and savings i think you should accelerate to step three of his plan and save three to six months. I don't even want to say three to six months. I want to say six months worth of bills saved in a savings account untouched. No debit card, no checking account attached. This is strictly your emergency money. And he's talking about, I agree with him when he says sell things, do an extra job, odd jobs, part-time job, whatever you can do to get that money. But I don't think you should go get a part-time job to save $1,000. I think you should get a part-time job, sell things, and really be mindful of your money. Until you have six months worth of bills saved. That's the average amount of time it takes to find a job. If you lose your job, that's the average amount of time it takes to find um, a job if you graduate from college, according to statistics. So I say we should go with what the economy is saying right now. And the economy is saying we need more time. And $1,000 is not enough. So you're, so you're saying that 
the steps are need to be in different places is pretty much yeah i i think the steps need to be i definitely think the steps need to be reordered i think step one needs to be eliminated um because i think that it's not enough money i i, I don't i i literally don't know who out here in life with a family and children can survive with a thousand dollars in savings like i i just with all of the insurance and all of the things that you have to pay on a monthly basis and they say you got deductibles to meet and all that, I, I just don't see it. So I think that stuff should be eliminated. I think you should proceed to step three, which is get six months worth of bills saved in a savings account untouched across town at a small bank, bank banking center with very limited hours, very inconvenient, so that you don't even think twice about going to get your money out of that bank account and make it very inconvenient for you to get that money out of there, make it very hard for you to get over there. And once you, I don't know about other people where you're located, but in Houston, the traffic is ridiculous. And if you're going to go drive to the bank, stand in line, find a parking spot, go across town, go inside, because you ain't got no ATM card, go inside, stand in line, We'll draw money, go back out in the high sun to get your car and drive to wherever you need to go. By the time you do all that, you want to make sure that whatever you're withdrawing that money for is really an emergency. And I think a lot of people have spending problems where it's like, I know I have money saved, so oh, I can afford to do this. I can go afford to take myself to dinner every night or do these different things. But are you really going to do all that if it's very inconvenient for you to get your money? And I think people need to kind of pay attention more to their spending triggers. What are you spending? What, what, why are you spending money? What are you trying to keep up with the Joneses? Are you trying to, cause the Joneses is broke. <laughs> like I'm going to be real with you. I have been around people who have that, that is on TV. I have coached some celebrities. I have been to LA. A lot of you on social media have seen me back and forth in LA. Um, I've been doing a lot of work for a lot of people and they look like they are rich. They are famous. They're on TV and they are broke. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's like you said, it's, it's about behavior. Like if you don't, right. If you don't change your behavior and if you constantly spending, you will never get out the whole, the credit hole that you in. You're going to keep constantly spending. Um, um, and you won't get out the credit hole and you won't, you just keep getting further into debt. So you got to change your behavior um, um, before you can um, try to move on and try to be in debt freedom or whatever your goals is or uh, improving your credit score. So it's about exactly. changing behavior also. I agree. And I think that should be step one. I think step one should be sitting down and getting serious and figuring out what I think step one should be what can I eliminate can I get rid of some unnecessary things can I sell some things that I don't need can I uh, start taking my lunch to work every day can I carpool can I maybe um, you know have my son carpool with you know the neighbor's mom and we flip-flop days instead of paying for transportation like let's start subsidizing some things let's start figuring out what can we eliminate first I think that's most important before trying to figure out how much money can I save because it doesn't matter how much money you have coming in if you don't figure out how to um, save the money that you have right now making more money won't help you you can have uh, how many times have we heard about 
people hitting the lottery, being millionaires and broke the next year? How many athletes, how many celebrities, how many people have we seen that has come up on this unexpected windfall of money and they're broke? It's because they never figured out or mastered how to take care of and save the money that they have coming in right now. How do I capitalize on that money? Because I'm sorry to tell you, sweetie, if you are making $20,000 a year and you can't live off that, you sure the hell ain't going to be able to live off $20 million. Okay. That's just the name of the game. And I think that should be step one, figuring out, figuring out what can I get rid of? What can I downsize? What can I substitute? What can I do to get rid of those extra things that are going on. Like I said, childcare, look at your, your spending as far as eating out, take your lunch to work, cook more, um, you know, and, and it's even more healthier to do that stuff, you know, like pay attention to what you're spending money on. That should be step one. Step two should, uh, in, inside of step one, I think you should also set up a bank account that's somewhere that's not attached to a checking account. You don't have a debit card to, that is not easily accessible, that is very hard for you to get money from. Put it in some small credit union across town that has like one branch in the whole city and put it over there. You know, I think that is step one. I think downsizing and setting up the plan is step one. Um, Step two then should be let me save six months worth of bills. Let me, out of the money I've downsized and the money I've saved and the things I've gotten rid of, let me get on my plan to save six months worth of bills. Then from there, you should go into, now let me list all of my debts from top to bottom. Because the thing is, people don't understand, you can pay down debt and get out of debt and get right back in debt. You can just keep spinning around in a circle very fast and going nowhere you'll just be going in a you'll be running in a circle and what is the point of that because I listened to some of Dave Ramsey's uh, uh, broadcast as you suggested and I, I'm hearing people say the exact same thing that I just said I'm, I'm having an unexpected um, time where I, I'm not going to be having income for six months I think it was a lady that was a lawyer or something saying she's not going to have income for six months they had a reduction of income. Her husband's self-employed as a lawyer. They're, they're just experiencing financial issues right now. And guess what? She's talking about going in her Roth IRA, I believe, and taking money out. Now, look at look at how she's putting herself right back in the hole, basically, because she's going to have to pay taxes on the money she took out. She's about to take a heavy penalty for some of the money that she took out. Like, what it, you know what I mean? Like, that's not a good plan. Now, and she only got a thousand dollars in her savings account, according to Dave Ramsey's plan. So, I just think that that a thousand dollars, maybe you know, 10 15 years ago, may have been realistic, but it's not anymore, it's not enough. Right, yeah, that's true. You have to change to the times, and I mean, can't nothing always stay the same, everything has to always change and evolve yeah. with the times. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I, and I and I think originally when I started going against your, you know, Dave Ramsey, you were asking me about Dave Ramsey and I was going against him. I bet you were thinking that I was going against him because I want to be like the person that knows it all. And it's really not. It's really me just using rational thinking here and, and putting together all the things that I know, the statistics that I read, the situations that I hear people in. And I'm saying, that doesn't make sense. 
that just doesn't add up when 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 you when I mean I don't even know who that situation would even work for. Maybe maybe a kid that is still staying at home with his parents that just no, I'm serious. Like somebody that just came from maybe um just graduated from college, maybe they have, you know, four or five thousand in student loans are still staying at home with their parents. That might yeah. be a good plan for them because they can save a thousand dollars. They don't have any rent. I can fall back on their parents. <laughs> you, you, you understand what I'm saying? exactly so like yeah that's true that plan will probably work for him that will probably get him in a good position because he'll be able to get up to steps four and five where he can put money back in a Roth IRA and really set himself up but for somebody that's already with kids has a family um in their career dealing with their their children their family their own health issues like no, that's not enough. You don't have somebody to fall back on. You ain't staying at home with mom and daddy. There is no safety net. The safety net that you have for yourself is yourself. And the safety net that you have for yourself is the one that you create. So with that being said, your safety net is your six months worth of bill saved. Now from that step, then we could talk about which debt you, sh- you should pay off. Then we should talk about how you should go about doing that, what investments you should make. But I feel like the solid foundation should be set first. Absolutely. I agree with you. So um, I appreciate you for jumping on with me here. This is great commentary. Um, and I'm sure my listeners are very grateful for your perspective because I'm sure that we have a lot of Dave Ramsey followers and a lot of people that listen to Dave Ramsey and again, Dave Ramsey, if you are listening to this podcast, I am not saying that you don't have the greatest intentions. I definitely understand your plan. I just think that is outdated. And I think that your steps should be reordered and some of them should be eliminated. Um, if you guys are interested in joining the podcast, shoot us an email over to admin at inspiredbyfrancisb.com. We can always use our listeners advice and voice harry i thank you so much for um tuning in and providing your commentary and uh, i hope you keep listening thank you francis for having me on appreciate it well that is it for tonight's episode on inspired by francis b podcast thank you so much for listening if you are not following us on any of our social media channels make sure you head over to instagram facebook and twitter inspired by francis b if you have a topic, a comment, or a question, or you would like to be featured on our next podcast, make sure you shoot us an email over to admin, A-D-M-I-N, at inspiredbyfrancisb.com. This is Francis B., and thank you so much for listening.